Welcome to Peak City Church. We pray that this message fills you with hope and encourages you wherever you are. Also, follow us on social media at Peak City Co. to stay connected with us. Be blessed. So good, so good, man. It's amazing. Peak City, how are you doing today? Good, good, man. I know that there are some people that are here for the very first time. You know, and Joseph mentioned that earlier, but for those of us that have been coming for a while, we should never forget how difficult it is to come to church for the first time. And we should always celebrate and honor that step of faith that someone took today. So let's put our hands together and welcome anybody that's here for the first time. That's big. It's incredible. It's incredible, man. I'm super thankful to be back with you guys. I was out last weekend. Uh, we, uh, we were not here because honestly, I'd been on the stage for like 10 weekends in a row and your boy needed a break. Um, I had someone during the week, I had a couple people that were like, man, are you even gonna be at church this Sunday? I'm like, I missed one week and y'all are harping on me. I was like, y'all don't want me tracking your attendance. Legit, we don't wanna do that. But no, um, man, the thing that uh, I was just so overwhelmed by last weekend, we, uh, we on Mother's Day took Brittany, my wife, up to the mountains, had a little brunch for her, and I was sitting up there, it was on Sunday morning. I know you're like, man, is this pastor telling us he skipped church on a Sunday? I, I'm telling you the story right now. Um, we were sitting up there, and, and man, I was sitting around like looking at everybody out doing lunch, right? Everybody had their families doing their thing, and I thought, this is why it's so hard to get people to come to church, because it's beautiful up here. And it's like quiet and peaceful, right? Like this is why it's so hard. And then I, I was just overwhelmed by this feeling, like when I looked at my kids and I said like, yeah, for my kids, this is easier than being at church on a Sunday, but it's not better. It's easier, but they're missing out on relationships. They're missing out on community. They're missing out on being taught about how much God loves them, being built up in their character and like casting vision for what their life could be one day. It's easier up there in the mountains, but it ain't better, right? I started thinking about my wife and, and our marriage. And I started thinking about how much the local church of, that, that has blessed us over the past, uh, almost 20 years we've been together. 20 years that we've been committed to the church and what it's done in our marriage and how it's taught us how to be a better husband, a better, better wife, it's built us up. And I thought, yeah, this is easier, but it ain't better. And that's our thing and selfishly, like for me as a man, like, yes, it is awesome on an occasion to get up the mountains and get away, but it is not better for my heart and my soul. I'm not made a better husband. I'm not made a better friend. I'm not made a better neighbor. I don't have a bigger vision for my life when I'm up there. That happens here. And, and I want you all to see that. I want you all to see what God is doing in this place. You know, when we, we talk about this Heart for the House initiative, we got little cards for you on all your seats today. You should have a card that says Heart for the House. And what we're doing with this is trying to, trying to help you understand that as a church, if we're gonna grow and become all that we were created to be as a church and reach the people that we're called to reach, we're all gonna have to step up and give financially and believe in this place in a very practical way with our finances. And I want you to see, I want you to develop a heart for this house. Um, I don't want us to be the kind of church where a few families give really big and then we're all like, great, church is awesome. We're gonna be the kind, if we're gonna reach our full potential, everyone that calls this place home, everyone that's in, with, and, and I'm not saying you're here every Sunday, I'm saying when someone asks you where you go to church, you say Peak City. If that's your answer, this is your home church, all right? And it's gonna take all of us coming together and have a heart for the house. And so I want you to take these cards home and pray over them. On the back, we've got several kind of steps that you can take 
in your journey of generosity here. And uh, I just want us to, to do this and, and for it not to be weird. You know, we are, we are a young church and we're young in our financial foundation. And it's time for us to grow up in that way. All right, and so I want everyone to take it seriously. Um, and I want us to do this. And, and so that as we reach more people, uh, we have the resources needed to do it, all right? So I'm gonna pray for us, I'm gonna pray for this, and then we're gonna jump into our message. Would you pray with me? God, we love you so much. And um, I'm praying right now, Father, that you would help us to develop an even bigger heart for your house. God, help us to see the life change. First in ourselves, God, in our families, God, you've done such an incredible work. For those of us that call this place home, you're changing our lives. And we're, so we're, we're thankful for that. And God, I pray that you'd help us to look around and just see what you're doing all over this place and grow our hearts towards it, God. I pray for uh, that song we just sang, that you are Jireh, the God who gives us enough. You are more than enough for us. And so God, I pray for this next season of our church that through our generosity, each of us individually, that you would give us everything we need to do everything you've called us to do. And so we trust you. You've, you've, come, you've come through in the past. We have no reason to doubt you're gonna come through in the future. And so it's in Jesus' name we pray all these things by saying, amen, amen. Hey, why don't you turn around, meet the people around you, give some hugs, some high fives, make it feel like home, let's go. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Woo! Beautiful to be with you, man. Beautiful to be with you. I, I want to say, I didn't do this last service, but he's getting ready to walk off stage. This guy right here, his name is Jared. Jared, this is last week with us before he gets placed in a different, different location. He's with the Air Force Academy. Jared, we should give it up for him. Love you, big guy. Jared creates so much. We love you, man. We love you. He's moving to South Carolina in like three or four weeks. But all the videos you see, social media posts, all kinds of stuff, it's all Jared creating it. So, man, we're going to miss you. We love you. We're thankful for you, man. Yeah. This is his last service with us today, man. Sad, sad times. But that's what happens when you live in a military town. Um, we will always be a welcome and open place for people as they move in and move out right? Move in and move out. We'll celebrate. When people move in, we'll celebrate when they get called out. Um, hey, if you have a Bible and you want to get there, we're in Acts chapter 3. Also, if you make videos and do social media and all that graphic stuff, <laughs> holla at your boy. We're going to need you. Uh, welcome to everybody online. What's up, our online crowd? Glad you're here with us. We're in Acts chapter 3. Uh, we're in this collection of messages that we're calling Welcome to the Movements, all right? Welcome to the Movement. And, and what we're talking about in, this, in these messages is what the movement of Jesus is really all about, right? And that's an important thing for us to talk to. We've been saying because the waters of the church have become very muddy, right? There, there are all kinds of weird churches out there doing weird things in the name of Jesus. And, and we gotta figure out like what's, what's up and what's up. I mean, come on, you got, some, you got some churches and some pastors out there that are picketing the funerals of people in the LGBTQ community in the name of Jesus. <laughs> like that, that ain't us. That ain't the movement of Jesus. You got pastor scandals at every turn. It's hard to figure out what is the movement of Jesus 
really supposed to be all about. And so we're going through the book of Acts, and the, and, and the book of Acts is a historical documenting of the earliest followers of Jesus. What did they do and how did they carry this movement forward? And, and so we're, we're trying to figure out what, what is the movement supposed to be about and then how can we as Peak City do everything we can to reflect that movement in what we're building here? Today in Acts chapter three, um, I wanna show you today that the movement, the movement that Jesus died and resurrected to start is no different now than it was back then that it has not changed, all right, has not changed. I know everything else in our world has changed, right? Like, and I know that's part of the deal. Like if I tell you right now, hey, go home and read your Bible this week. I think that's funny how sometimes like pastors like me and churches, we sell it, I'm like, yeah, go read your Bible. And then all of us are like, yeah, we did that. No, you didn't, you know? Most of us don't because it's super hard to read. It's like you're transporting back 2000 years and everything has changed. I mean, they didn't have TikTok back 2,000 years ago. They didn't have cryptocurrency. <laughs> they didn't have any, like, they didn't deal with any of these problems that we're dealing with today. They didn't have people making graphics and social media posts and then moving away. And I'm like, that was a thing. Every town had one church. If you didn't like the preacher at, at your church in your town, guess what? You out of luck. You stuck with him. <laughs> it, it's a, like, everything has changed in our world. But I want you to see today that the movement of Jesus has not changed. It's the same today, same exact thing happening today as what we saw happen 2000 years ago. And in fact, I wanna show you today as we read Acts chapter three, that you are actually in this chapter. As we read this, I want you to see that you're actually a part of this. I want you to see yourself in Acts chapter three. And I know some of y'all are gonna be like, this is so crazy, it's so out of there. We're gonna talk about some stuff today that I think if you're skeptical of faith, or you're skeptical of the church, I think it's gonna help you a ton. And some of you that have been following Jesus for a long time, your eyes are gonna be as wide as saucers by the end of this thing uh, because uh, the movement has not changed. The crazy things we read about in Acts chapter three are still happening today and we can be a part of it, all right? Acts chapter three, the movement has not changed. Are you ready? Thank God someone said yes, because last service, 9 a.m., I said that, and there was silence, y'all. I'm like, 9 a.m., some of y'all more vocal, responsive, clapping people, please come two hours earlier. Gosh. Sorry. I can crack on 9 a.m. because they won't, they're not gonna watch the sermon again, you know? It's not that good of a sermon. Um, Kidding, I'm not gonna downplay what God has given me. It is actually a really, is a really good sermon. Um, Acts chapter three, verse one, you ready? One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to, to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet 
And he began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. The movement has not changed. And you are in this. I know it don't feel like it. I know what I just read sounds like a sci-fi movie. (laughs) I'm telling you, you're in it. And the movement has not changed. Um, I wanna show you some things to observe in this text and then show you how nothing's changed. You know, you see, you see in Acts chapter three, it's very obvious. First thing I'm gonna point out to you is very obvious. We're talking, about, we're talking about Peter a lot today. Peter's kind of the main focal point. John is mentioned, but he's kind of a side character. This is really about Peter. And, and the, th- the thing that just jumps off the page when you read it, first and foremost, is that Peter had the power of God, right? You can see it. He had the power of God. And he was, I mean, my man was confident of it. He walks into the temple courts <laughs> and he sees this man sitting there. And he's like, hey, look at me, look at me. If you want to be healed, let's go. He, he was confident. He knew what he had and he had the power of God. Th- th- this is the first miraculous healing that happens after Jesus. Like Jesus healed people all the time. Jesus then dies, resurrects and ascends back to heaven. This is the first miraculous healing that happens post-Jesus. And so it's very clear, like this is a big deal to prove that the power of God is still alive. The power of God is still active, all right? Peter had the power of God. And I want you to see this. The movement has not changed. For those of you that call yourselves followers of Jesus, you've made a decision to start following Jesus. You've said yes to Jesus. You need to understand this, that you have the power of God. You have it the exact same power that is in that story, you have it. Now, here's the deal. I know what your mind's thinking. Now, your mind's, you, you, the, the skeptical person in the room, I get it, I get it, because I'm with you. You're like, oh, yeah, 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 okay, but if I had the same power that he had, then why am I not seeing people healed miraculously? Come on, we talking in hyperbole here, PD, what are we doing here? You know, how many of you, by show of hands, have, have, have ever prayed for someone who was sick or hurting or had a disease, pray for God to heal them? And then I'm not gonna ask you how many of you actually saw that prayer answered, because it's probably very few of you. Right? A couple of people that are confident in the back have seen it. And so I get it. You're like skeptical of that. Like if when I say you have the same power of God in you, and then you're like, wait a minute, but I've not seen any miracles happen. That doesn't sound like the same power to me. Now let's, let's, let's back up for a second. Let's talk about this. Okay, this is very important, especially in a church like ours where people are coming in. They're not sure about faith, not sure. You know, you can, you can belong here before you believe. You can work through your questions. This is a great question for all of us to work through. Why don't we see the miraculous anymore? Why don't we see miracles of healing like, like they saw them in the Bible all the time, right? Now, first answer to that, you need to understand that miraculous healing and miracles like that are still happening. They're happening in countries all across the world. They're happening here in the States. You ask doctor, find a doctor, find a hospice care worker, find a nurse. I'm telling you, they will have stories of things that they have seen that they cannot explain. But there is no denying the fact that it happens at a much smaller clip, a much fewer and far between clip than what we read about in the Bible. Now, the reason for that, all right, the reason for that, I'm not gonna fully assume that I know all the answers, but I'm gonna tell you as, as much as I know about God and as much as I have seen what I see in this, okay? The purpose of a miracle, we need to clarify this. The purpose of a miracle 
is not to make someone's life easier or more comfortable. That was never the purpose of a miracle. You know how I know that? <clears throat> the guy that got healed here couldn't, couldn't walk. He was born crippled, and all of a sudden, that dude still died. He still died. He got healed of this, but then at some point, he came down with some other disease. Cancer got him, old age got him, something got him, and he wasn't healed. The purpose of the miracle is not to make your life easier or more comfortable. The purpose of every miracle in the Bible had one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to prove that God is real. That's the purpose of a miracle. The, the, the miracle was to prove that Jesus was God in flesh, that Jesus is the real deal, that God is real. He's not a fairy tale. That's the purpose of a miracle, okay? Now, with that filter in mind, come with me. If God wants to prove why he is real, in this day and age, in the generation and the age of skepticism, why would he do it via a miraculous physical healing? Come on, y'all. We live in the most skeptical age we live in the generation of deep fakes. Y'all know what a deep fake is? If you don't know what a deep, a, a, a deep fake is, I just sent you on a YouTube wormhole. People can create videos right now that look real and are totally fake. If God wants to prove that he is real and he doesn't be a miraculous healing, he knows ain't none of us gonna believe it. We, with modern medicine like it is today, technology like it is today. Come on, we doubt everything. I had a, I had a buddy a couple years ago who said, man, I had somebody that prayed for my, for my shoulder. My shoulder had been hurting for a while. And he prayed for my shoulder. My shoulder started feeling better. It was, a, it, was, it was a healing. And my first, this is how bad I am. My first skeptical thought was, did you take some aspirin a couple hours ago? My next skeptical thought was like, did you finally start doing the workouts that your PT told you you should have been doing? You're feeling better? Miraculous. I doubted everything, right? Because that's the, that's the age and the generation we live in. If God wants to prove that he is real, miraculous healing in our culture in 21st century Western America, it ain't, it ain't the most, um, the highest ROI for him. But that does not mean, again, come with me. The movement has not changed. The same resurrected, uh, resurrection power that brought Jesus back from the dead is alive and well in you. And let me tell you, I'm gonna step on some toes right now. You have the power, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the power to do the miraculous. It's just gonna look a little different in this day than it did back then. You know what's a miracle today? You know what the miraculous looks like today? It'd be a miracle if you would put your phone down and be fully present with the person in front of you. That's a miracle. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the power of your presence the power of your full undivided attention might be the thing that heals the loneliness that someone has been dealing with for their entire life. You, you know what's a miracle in this day and age? Financial generosity. We live in the most greedy, money hungry, and money terrified age. The economy the way it is right now, you know what's a miracle? It's a miracle for you to go to peakcityco.com and set up a monthly recurring gift. That's a miracle. But that miracle might just be the thing that God uses to change someone's life who's been, who's been in, 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 in addiction, who's been caught up in their own sin and their own life. It, your miracle could set somebody free like that. You are capable of the miraculous. It's just gonna look different. The movement has not changed. And, and, and you as a Christian, let me, I, I'm, I'm gonna talk to the followers of Jesus in the room quite a bit today. And I'm gonna, I've got some stuff at the end that I wanna bring all of us along with if you're, if you're um, a, a skeptical person, or maybe you're not sure about faith yet. If you're a follower of Jesus, 
The best thing you could do is start embracing the, the reality that you have the power of God in you. Stop shying away from it. Peter didn't walk in and be like, you know what, man, I'm, I, I might be able to heal you. I don't know. Maybe you want to try something? You want to try it? He walked in and was like, no, I know that I'm needed. I know what I bring to the table. I know the power inside of me and I'm confident of it. And in doing so, he stirred things up. Things started getting crazy. But he, he, he was confident of it, right? He had the power of God. Now, <clears throat> you being confident of the power of God in you, that's one step. But that will not be the thing that changes people's lives. That will not be the thing that leads you to see the types of things that Peter saw. If you're gonna see what Peter saw, you gotta do what Peter did, okay? Because Peter has the power of God in him, but don't miss this. Peter had to go in and Peter himself had to create the opportunity. The opportunity did not fall in his lap to help this man. Come on, read the text. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. Everyone's doing their thing. Everyone's walking in to church to pray like all the good Jews did at three o'clock in the afternoon. It was their normal, everyone's got their head down, busy schedule, like, all right, we gotta go check this thing off the box. We gotta do it, right? Like how most of us live our lives. Check the thing off the list, great. Everyone's doing their thing. Even this poor beggar's doing his own thing. It's what he does every day. Every day that someone carried him and sat him by the temple gate called beautiful. It's so fascinating, that little detail, right? Most scholars believe that the, the temple was called, the, 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 uh, the gate was called beautiful because it was coated in either silver or gold. So I love this little detail because like this, this beggar, he ain't, he, ain't, he ain't a chump. He knows how to, how to make a buck. They position him at the gate called beautiful that's just this ornate gold thing right when all the religious people are walking into church and he's like, this is easy money. I'm gonna get some of that religious guilt money, right? I mean, come on, he was doing it every day, which proved that he was, he was profitable. He wouldn't have done it every day if it didn't work. Every day he did it, every day. He was, it was, this was so routine for him that he wasn't even looking at Peter and John when he asked them for money. Do you notice that? It says he asked them for money and Peter and John had to say, hey, look at us. Because this is what he did every day. Every day religious people passed him by. Every day he begged for money. This is just, like, everyone was in their normal flow. This opportunity did not fall in Peter's life. Peter had to create the opportunity. And he says, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And, and, and he calls attention to it. He disrupts the flow of normal life. I'm telling you right now, followers of Jesus in the room, the opportunity to display the power of God, the opportunity to help people, the opportunity to love people, the opportunity to lead someone to Jesus, it ain't gonna fall in your lap. You're gonna have to create it. If you're, like, I've, I've, I've had some people tell me like, hey, I've got some people I'm praying for in my life, I'm thinking about inviting them to church, but I just haven't had the right moment yet. I'm like, bro, let me tell you, they're not gonna come to you and say, man, you know what? I've been really thinking about God lately. I've got a lot of questions about him. My life's a mess. I'm just wondering if there are any churches out there for me. It's not gonna happen. You're gonna have to go create the opportunity. You're gonna have to go out of your way to disrupt the flow of normal life so that people can understand that God is real. We, we, we've been trying to discipline ourselves as a team as a team does, and we, we, I've, we've talked about this from stage a couple of times, and we've been trying to discipline ourselves in this, right? We've got this challenge on our team where um, our, our, our staff team, we challenge each other to invite one person to church every single day, 
All right, one person every single day. And admittedly, the past few months, we've all been slacking on it. It's like once a week now, okay? Like we're not, we're not doing great. We're, we're, we're trying, to, trying to encourage each other to keep going, but it's, it's tough. Um, but the cool thing about it is there's some people that are, that are better at than others. Um, what we'll do is when we invite someone, all right, we'll send out a, a text to the whole staff group text thread that says their name, comma, and then the place that we invite them. And we all know that's like a church invite. So like, we're just kind of like keeping, like uh, holding each other accountable. Um, so like some people are better than others. Like for instance, I'm, I'm not great at it right now. Uh, our worship pastor, Joseph, is not really good at it at all. But in fact, jo- <laughs> Joseph, my favorite, my favorite thing happened recently. Joseph texted out that he invited someone to church and it was the most worship leader church invite text I'd ever heard. It said, all it said was Fox and Jane Salon. I was like, tell me you're a worship leader without telling me you're a worship leader. You invited someone at the salon? You got that worship leader hair, the worship leader vibes? I was picking on him, man. Then I didn't know. I was like, Fox and Jane, is that the person's name or is that the name of the salon? I didn't know. But like Taylor Warren, if you guys know Taylor, our, our ministries pastor, he six foot, 200 inches tall, man's huge. Taylor's the best at it. Taylor puts all of us to shame. Every day he's, he's texting out that he invited somebody. And the thing I love about it is that Taylor just sees opportunities. He sees where he can go and create opportunities. Like half the time, his invites are like whoever's working the deli at Sprouts because they're making his huge sandwich that day. But he just sees it and he's like, Kelly from Sprouts. Kelly's been invited to church like a hundred times because Taylor's always eating lunch there. But he just always, he sees the opportunity and he creates, he disrupts the flow. And I love it, I love it, I love it. That one or two times a week, we'll always get a text from Taylor that says, homeless guy down the street from church. And like, it's beautiful because every single one of us drove right past him. Every single one of us walked right by him and didn't invite him. But Taylor saw it. He saw an opportunity and he creates an opportunity. He does not wait for the opportunity to fall in his lap. See, you just need eyes to see. You need to get, you need to get your eyes off of yourself and look for the opportunities that are out there because they're out there. They're out there. Last service, uh, we had someone in here and uh, I didn't call them out in front of everyone, but I knew they were in here. And they were invited to church by another family and that family is actually in the room right now. And the story of this family getting church, I, I remember it because uh, I was out in the lobby and I met them when it was their first Sunday. I said, hey, how'd you hear about Peak City? And they said, well, funny thing, we were buying a couch off of, off of Craigslist and the people we bought the couch off of, they just invited us to church. It's like, you're here because of a Craigslist ad. That's a first. I thought, that's it. That, like, that, that family just saw and created an opportunity, right? You gotta get your eyes off of your own schedule, your own email, your own calendar. The opportunities are out there, but they, I'm telling you, you must create them. If you wanna see the kind of life change that Peter saw, you must create the opportunity. And I'm telling you if, you, if you would, if you would go there, if you'd start putting your foot out there, putting your neck out there a little bit and risking looking weird and create some opportunities for the power of God to be on display, you would see what happened with Peter, right? Because Peter set someone free. Peter set someone free. Put yourself in the shoes of that beggar for a second. He had been unable to walk his entire life. His entire life. Every day he woke up and someone had to carry him to a gate to beg for money. You understand how humiliating that is? 
he, it was his entire life. And, and notice that, like, I can't help but see it. He's begging for money. He's not begging for someone to heal him. He's given up hope on that. There's no way someone could heal him of that. So he's, he's asking for this surface level need when he's really got a thing underneath the thing. And, and, and all of a sudden, in this one moment, Peter sticks his neck out there, right? He, he puts his reputation out there. He creates an opportunity. And then he reaches his hand down. And, it, and, and this, this miracle is a two-way street, right? Like you can make the offer, you can create the opportunity, but it requires someone to reach up and grab your hand, right? Peter had to reach his hand out, and it required this man to reach his hand up. And in that one moment, Peter saw something that he would remember for the rest of his life. When that man stood up and his ankles became strong and his knees became strong and all of a sudden he starts jumping and celebrating and, 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 and being so blown away at what God has done. I'm telling you, Peter would never forget this moment. It would set him on fire on the inside. I mean, every morning he woke up, Peter would be thinking about this guy that he helped set free. It'd give him the fuel to keep going, the fuel to share the love of Jesus. He'd be so consumed by the mission. And I'm telling you, if you would do the same thing, you can set someone free. If you would put yourself out there, if you would risk looking like an idiot, <laughs> you've got the power of God in you, but you have to create the opportunity. And if you do, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, telling you, you can set someone free. You can set someone free from the thing underneath the thing. You know, like some of your coworkers and they're going out drinking and they're always looking to invite you in. You know, they're actually not looking for another drinking buddy. What they really need is someone who will sit down and truly get to know them and get to know their issues and help them find freedom from that. That's the thing underneath the thing, and you've got the power to set them free. That, that person that's alone, students in the room, that person's alone in the cafeteria eating all by themselves, there, there's a thing underneath the thing that is keeping them away from friendship. There's a thing underneath the thing that they're ashamed of. There's a thing underneath the thing that they're scared of, and you could be the answer to their prayer. You could be the miracle that's waiting to happen in their life. You could set them free, and I believe with all of my heart, as a follower of Jesus, you were meant to experience that. You were meant to experience the life-giving joy of helping someone else find freedom. You, you weren't meant to just give your life to Jesus, get baptized and show up and sit in a row, walk in and walk out and never help someone else experience Jesus. You were created to have that fulfillment. You were created to get in the baptistry and baptize someone. You know, that's like, that's like low-key one of my dreams that at our church one day, we'd have a baptism Sunday that's got 20, 30 baptisms, 40, 50, whatever, tons of baptisms. And I, I'm not in there at all because it's y'all. It's y'all celebrating. It's you all leading people that you've been investing into Jesus. And they're like, oh, PD, preacher guy, yeah, yeah, that's great. Don't really want him in the baptistry. Would rather have the friends that led me to Jesus in there. You were created to experience that. The fire from the movement of Jesus will rise up inside of you when you see someone that you have led to faith find freedom. You were created to experience it. And I see it. I see it happening. I see it happening in this, in this house right now. Um, <clears throat> I was here on Wednesday or Thursday night for an event. Um, bunch of different families from our church, some families not from our church, and I'm um, all here together, and I was sitting with one guy who'd been at our church for 15 years since the very beginning, and then I was with another woman who 
had been here for two, two and a half years or so. And we're sitting there talking. And the, the, the man turns to the woman and says, hey, how do you know all these people here? Just kind of walk me through. And she starts going, well, that, that person over there, that's my neighbor. I invited them to church. And they started coming about seven, eight months ago. And they've given their lives to Jesus. And everything's changing for them. And that couple over there, they're in my small group. And, man, they're growing like crazy. And, man, that, that, that couple over there, you know, th- there are other neighbors. And they actually haven't started coming to church yet. But they're here tonight. And we're inviting them. And she was like, how do you know some of these people? She turns the question to him, how do you know some of these people? And he was like, well, you see that girl over there? I helped her come to Jesus 15 years ago. And I've walked with her some, through some of the most difficult circumstances of her life. And, and that young man over there, I actually served with him in student ministry. And God's, God's bringing him up to be a leader. God's using him. And, and then right, right on that time, someone comes up to me and pulls me aside and is like, hey, you need to know God is changing my life here at this church. And through your preaching and through what we're experiencing together, I'm, 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 I'm understanding faith like I've never understood before. And you need to know that what we're building here is so special. And I just sat back and I was like in a room with only 40 or 50 people. I could see story after story of freedom. It's like God is building a house of freedom here. It's like every single day there's a new story popping up. Every single time I meet one of y'all for the first time, like some of y'all are here for the first, second, third time, I'm so confident because of what I've seen in the past couple years that in a few months you're going to be saying God has set me free here. It's happening nonstop. He's building a house of freedom. I'm telling you, the movement of Jesus has not changed. It is the same today as it was 2,000 years ago. The only difference is your willingness to be in it. Your willingness to step into this. Like when we read Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, like we read, and we first said, man, that sounds like a sci-fi movie. No, no. We shouldn't read this and go, man, that's weird, that's crazy, that's different. We should read that and go, okay, now how can I do that tomorrow? How can I help someone else find life tomorrow? How can I help someone else feel love tomorrow like that? How can I help the power of God flow through me, create an opportunity and help someone else find freedom? That is capable right here, right now. And I'm telling you, even if you don't believe in Jesus, even if you're not sure what you think about God just yet, and you're skeptical of faith, man, this is a welcome and safe place for you. But you need to know that you are still in this text. You're still in it. See, you're either either part of the crowds that was walking into church together, right? Don't, Don't get fooled. These were just people going through the motions of life, a busy schedule, Right? Lots of obligations, lots of commitments, lots of emails to answer, lots going on, can't really keep, keep, keep your head around it all. And they were just going about their day, walking into church with everybody else, just doing their thing, going through life. And maybe that's you right now. You're so consumed by stress, your, your calendar's so messed up, and you just can't get your eyes off yourself. And I'm telling you, if that's you, God's power is here, and God wants to wake you up, and he wants to free you from the rat race that you're in right now. He wants to get you off the hamster wheel that every other American's on right now. He wants you to find freedom. And so, you know, if that's not you, I know there's a a group of people in here right now that you aren't the busy person going to the temple courts to pray, caught up in your schedule. I know some of y'all here today, right now, when I read the story, you identified with that beggar. You feel like your issues are out in the open for everyone to see. You feel hopeless. You feel like there's 
There's so many issues, there's no way you could ever find freedom from it. There's no way you could ever be freed from some of this stuff and you've just given up all hope. And I'm telling you, no matter how bad your life circumstances are, no matter how messed up your life is, you need to know that the power of God is here. He sees you and he wants to set you free. But it's gonna require you, much like the beggar had to reach up and take Peter's hand, God is reaching his hand down to you right now. When, when Jesus stretched his arms out on the cross to die for you, to pave a way for your sins to be forgiven, when he resurrected from the dead to, to pave a way for you to have purpose in this life, it was God reaching his hand down to you. But it's a two-way street. You have to raise your hand and grab his. You have to say yes to it. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna fall in your lap. You gotta say yes to it. And I think for some of you, we had one lady last service that today was her day and she finally said yes to Jesus. And I think maybe someone in this room is supposed to say yes to him as well right now. And so we wanna give you the chance to do that and to respond to God. So I'd ask everyone in the room to stand with me, please. We do this every service as a time of decision and response for people because we know that God's spirit is working. And so uh, if, you, if you've already given your life to Jesus, you need to be using this time to pray for those in the room that are considering it. And so let's have every head bowed, every eye closed in the room right now to give privacy to people. All real lasting life change starts in a private moment between you and God. And so if you're here and you have not been following Jesus, but you wanna start, right? You, you don't have to have your life cleaned up. You don't have to have the Bible memorized. This is not a commitment of you to um, be perfect. This is not a commitment that you're gonna solve all of your problems. This is you saying, I wanna start the journey. I say yes to the offer of forgiveness from Jesus. I say yes to the new life that he wants to give me. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three as a private decision between you and God. One, two, three. It's beautiful. That's amazing. Awesome, let's pray together. <clears throat> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for the life change that just happened in this room. The people that just raised their hand and gave their lives to you, Jesus, we're so thrilled, we're so grateful that your spirit's working and that you gave people the courage and the confidence to step out like that. God, we are committed to continuing to build this house of freedom for you. We're so grateful that your spirit's working, God. I pray for anyone in the room who's struggling right now with faith, who's, who's got doubts and skepticisms. God, I pray that you would work in their heart right now. God, I pray that your presence would just be so tangible to them right now, that they would feel you, that, you, that they would know in their mind and their heart that you're real and that you're there. God, I pray for anyone watching online who's just hopeless and helpless right now. God, that you'd help them through the, through the screen they're watching on right now to just feel your power, to feel your presence, that, that you know everything they're dealing with. God, you know everything we're dealing with in this room. You see us and your power is with us. And so God, we pray for freedom to continue spreading out through this church. And we know that, that it'll spread. We know that just like this man who was healed and everyone was amazed and they, and they wondered what's happening. God, we know if we'll go out and just spread the joy and spread the love and spread you, Jesus, that people will wonder what's happening. And so uh, we, we, we wanna be that um, as a church. We, we want the movement 
that we read about in Acts 3 to be our movement today. We don't want to read about this alive and vibrant church in the New Testament and then experience a stale, dead faith today. So God, we pray that you would help us to to build this movement the way you want it to be built and that our church would reflect what we read about in the book of Acts. And we know it's possible because of you. You want it more than we do. And uh, we just pray that your spirit would do what it does best, change our lives, change our hearts. And we'll trust this church to you. We trust our lives to you. And uh, we thank you. It's in Jesus' powerful name that we pray together by saying, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for weekly recordings of Sunday service and follow us on Spotify and Apple Music for weekly audio recordings and podcasts.